0: Hello and welcome to Soul-Led Living, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your soul's true path so you can create the dream life you know you are meant to live. I'm Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, a mom of three, and an advocate for living soul-led. You're here because you're meant to be here, so let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Soul Led Living. I'm so excited to be here with you, especially that I was very sick last week. So it just feels good. You know, you get like that hit after you're so sick, you're like, wow, life is amazing when you start to get better. That's definitely how I'm feeling right now. So happy to be here with you. Today, we're going to talk about soul's purpose. So what? is a soul's purpose? Do you have a purpose? How does one find that purpose? Why do we ask this question? Just everything I've learned from reading so many souls and their purposes. I've read almost, or not almost, more than 800 people. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. Uh, And, you know, because I'm doing soul readings, I've learned so much about the soul and its purpose. And I know that it's just a kind of like a sore subject for so many of us. So I wanted to see if I could be helpful in that arena for you today. So we're kind of going to have like almost like a little workshop today. So if you want to have a pen and paper, that's cool. Or just sit back, relax, and see if anything comes up to you. Because what I like to do is make space for your soul. So kind of like this little container that I'm talking to the soul about the soul And typically sometimes like when we are in that space, you might hear little things, little messages from your soul. So, you know, you can just also just sit back and see if you're getting anything beyond what I'm saying. Okay, let's get started. What is a soul's purpose? So I remember being just really young and feeling like this was an important topic I definitely like most people was associating it to work I remember being very very little and my older brother had this picture in his bedroom I write about this in my book if you guys heard me talk about this but he had this like super cute picture of him being like I think he was like two or three years old in the picture and he's holding my dad's hand and they're both wearing green medical scrubs And uh, my dad was like in his medical residency at the time. And my mom had made these like little scrubs out of my dad's scrubs. It was so cute. And, you know, he had this picture. My dad's wearing his white lab coat over his scrubs. And my brother had this picture in his room his whole life. Like it was just always there. And I remember just being kind of envious of it. And not because I wanted to like necessarily be holding my dad's hand or that I was like jealous about their relationship. I mean, I'm the only girl guys, total daddy girls up in here. But I really felt like my older brother just always knew what he was supposed to do with his life. And I just associated that with work. Like I thought that he just like knew what he was going to do work wise. And I did not. I was a very... I don't know. I didn't really have like any super strong skills. Like I was a, you know, pretty like okay, like an above average student, but I wasn't an amazing student. I loved to dance and act, but I wasn't good, like amazing at any of those. I'm sure part of it was because I wouldn't like put the effort into it, but there was nothing that was very stand out about me and I was surrounded by a lot of boys at the time that did have standout qualities. So my older brother was like a standout student. My boyfriend at at the time in high school was a um like top athlete. He became uh, a professional baseball player. So I just was comparing myself because I was like not to that in any category. So I really, I don't know, that really kind of always gave me a little bit of a crisis. I wasn't necessarily thinking, Soul's purpose, but I did feel like there has to be something that's like my thing, you know? There has to be something that's like unique to me. Like it seemed like these people around me early on in high school kind of knew what their thing was, and I didn't like really have a thing. I was kind of multi passionate and I was also just like super interested in social stuff. Like I just wanted to go out and party and like be social. (laughs) So There was nothing like really unique, but that's kind of when it started for me. Like I remember it starting pretty, pretty young and then I get into college and I could not believe that they ask you for like a degree right away. Like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Like I'm 18. Um, actually, you know, I was young when I graduated. So I was 17 when I started college and I was like, I don't know, like I have no idea what I'm doing tonight. Um, So that was another crisis. I jumped from like um, degree to degree. I studied a bunch of different things. Uh, Ultimately, I just landed on communications because I was just trying to avoid math classes. And I had those like um, dual enrollment credits that I could like skip a whole year. I just, you know, as long as I didn't study uh, anything with like heavy math, (laughs) I did one. I was thinking about doing business, but there was like way too too much math for me. So went to communications And that still like did not feel, you know, it, but it felt like, okay, it's the best thing right now, but I was always seeking, definitely always looking and ultimately jumped around in careers as well, which was so embarrassing. I felt like a lot of my friends like graduated from school, like knew exactly what they were going to do, like stayed in that job. Actually, my best friend is still in the same job that she got right out of college You know, and that was, and she's killing it and I'm so proud of her, but I was comparing myself to all these people that were quite different than, than me, you know, that they were just much more, I don't even know what the word is, but just willing to kind of pick a path and stay there. And I was really like searching for something that felt meaningful for me, which also at the time I felt crazy. So I don't know if you guys feel that way, if you're feeling like those of us that like you're still trying to figure out what that purpose is. It's kind of, I just remember being embarrassed. (laughs) Like I just remember being embarrassed, like jumping from thing to thing, career to career. Like I looked like a mess and I looked like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, So I graduated from college. I worked in public relations, lived in LA, uh, did PR for a while in the film industry. Didn't love that. Moved to writing, uh, became an editor, really loved that, but lo and behold, like spiritual, the spiritual world and all that self-help started coming my way. And I then left writing to do, or left, you know, uh, kind of that media world to do that work. And that felt very crazy, obviously doing readings felt very crazy, but This is kind of like the beginning. So for a long time, like I thought that that was purpose. Like, and I was, I would be judgmental of people that didn't find purpose in their work. (laughs) I remember just like, I would ask people like, and I I would go to dinner parties and I would be like the most annoying person because I would ask people what their purpose was. Like, this is the kind of questions I want to talk about at a dinner party. And Most people were like, what? Like, why are you even thinking that? But it was really keeping me up at night, right? And I did definitely start to feel, I I felt every time I changed my career or like jumped around from job to job, I did feel like I was getting closer. Like I remember when I found writing, I was like, oh, like, oh my gosh, like this feels fulfilling to me. And it was just because writing was like this sole skill that I had, this skill that my soul's been carrying for many lifetimes. So it you know, I didn't I didn't study to write, but when I found that place, I felt like myself. So I think definitely it starts off with kind of finding these like skills that you may even discover like later on in life, right? Because I grew up in a house, you know, I, I was raised by immigrant parents. They were super into arts and culture, but not as a job. <laughs> like we are into arts and culture to uh, to visit it, to stay in the front row of like the nicest, you know, concerts, but like, you're not going to be on stage because like, that's not a real job. So I, as a kid was encouraged to do well in school, get a good degree, but anything artistic and any, all three of us was missed, uh, which is interesting because my mom is a pianist, but it was missed. So, and I see that a lot with my clients guys that like so many of you, you're, you know, in your thirties, your forties. And now, and you're feeling like embarrassed about these like interests that you have and these like skills that are kind of brewing in you. And you're almost like mad that like, why didn't I discover it when I was 12, 13, you know, 14. But the truth is like a lot of our upbringings did not give us space for like our true soul skills. To me, soul skills are these skills that have been with our souls for many lifetimes. Nobody taught me to write, but somehow I knew how to write, right? Like it was kind of something that had been beyond this lifetime. And I think a lot of us, I see a lot of my students that come in, you know, learning uh, to do readings or read energy and, and healings and that kind of stuff. And like, you can just tell they've been doing it for many lifetimes, but of course, nobody's teaching them that at 10 years old, 11 years old. So it feels silly to discover these gifts later on in life, but it is actually, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's actually part of the process because it's like the second stage of finding your purpose is like finding those skills. But before that, it is really about deprogramming and healing, right? So like there's a process. A soul's purpose, really what it is, it's not just about work. This is, of course, like that's usually what we think it is because we are human and we are just like kind of understanding from our human understanding, like what that, what that means. But if we were really our soul self or we would go a little bit higher in our perspective, we would see that the purpose is something like greater than that. I definitely see that in the readings that there's more than just work. And it's quite general, the purpose often. And it really overall is like what the soul comes here to do this lifetime. And it, I always see the purpose like as a spear, like to me, it is a, you know, imagine like a ball, right? Like a circle, but a ball and What that means to me is that like, if you're looking at the ball from one angle, you'll see, you know, maybe you're looking at a basketball, like, and maybe there's like a little purple dot on one side, but if you're looking at it on the other side, all you see is orange. So to me, there's like a lot of aspects to the purpose. So the same way that the ball, because it's not flat, it has, you know, one side might be purple one side. So to say that like the ball is purple would be wrong because there's some purple on it. But if you look at it from another place, somebody might say it's like only orange, So I see our purposes as that, that's like the best metaphor I could give you because there's many aspects to the purpose. Yes, sometimes it correlates with work, which I'll talk about in a bit, but it's, it's bigger than that. And there, there's actually categories for the purpose, which I'm also going to share with you. But I want you to think about like, it's the reason that the soul did this crazy thing, to come on earth like that is what the purpose is like there's a few things and it's usually layered as to what the soul is hoping to discover this lifetime or to accomplish this lifetime and that is the soul's purpose I know it's really scary to start asking this question, what is my soul's purpose? A lot of times when we start to say like, what is my purpose? We think we are in crisis. We're freaking out that we're asking what my purpose is because it feels like everything around us no longer matters and it's not real because we are looking for this purpose. But I want to tell you that when you start to ask about your purpose, you're actually in the most amazing place, which is the place of. Remembering. You begin to remember, oh my gosh, like I am not just a human. I am a soul. Like I came here for something. It's almost like you wake up from a dream or like amnesia and you're like, wait a second. I think I showed up here for something. I'm pretty sure I wrote something down and I'm supposed to do something this lifetime, which is such a big deal because many of us will live an entire lifetime on earth not remembering anything, totally being asleep, not remembering anything. And then we pass away and we're in the spirit world and we're like, damn it, totally forgot that I signed up for XYZ and I didn't do any of it. So when you start to ask this question of like, man, what am I here for? What my purpose, you are not lost. You are actually just about to be found. So this is a big deal. You know, you are remembering and it's, it's a remembering because the idea is that the soul before it came to this lifetime, along with like, you know, it's little like board of directors, as I like to call it, like, you know, you have these guides with you, there's, it's a mix of different things and they're helping you decide what you're going to do this lifetime and like what, what we're really going to use this lifetime for. You make a little contract, we call it the soul's contract. And it's kind of like a blueprint, you know, that just kind of says a few things of what's going to happen. Now, many of my students get a little caught up in this concept because then you start thinking like, oh, well, is everything set in stone? Is like this is my destiny Then I don't have to do shit. I can just like hang out and wait until like the love of my life can come into my life. But no, you have to think about the blueprint as this like ever evolving document because it's like a little magical document that's constantly changing. So even when you come on earth, it begins to change a lot. Um, the best metaphor I can give you is that you know, like imagine I I'm, I'm in let's say I'm right outside of Asheville and let's say I'm going to take a road trip to Washington D.C. I think that's like 8 hours from here. And let's say I map it on my phone, right? I use my little Google Maps. I it says 8 hours and it shows me the track. But maybe an hour in or 2 hours into the drive, some sort of accident happens much further up and all of a sudden my road trip becomes 10 hours or I have to take another exit that I wasn't going to take before because there are people driving and like the world is moving and you know, I could kind of predict that it's going to be eight hours when I first start, but I, I don't know what's going to happen because this is like an ever expanding world. So it's the same thing with the contract. Like you do your best to create this itinerary, right? Like if you were going on a trip, but once you get there, the earth might be expanding in ways that could not have been predicted. So there is a lot of movement but there is these overall kind of guidelines and like almost like bullet points as to what you are hoping to do this lifetime in that contract. Of course we come to earth, we forget everything, right? It's like we, the great, the great forgetting. And at some point, hopefully, and I see this, I I think just, I just think we're getting like more and more evolved. I think that the soul is taking up more space and the, um, human bodies becoming more light because definitely more and more people are, are waking up earlier. Some, some people never even fall asleep. Like some kids are being raised to kind of just remember who they are at a soul level, which is so beautiful. And this is like a new thing. it's very exciting for people like me. I'm like, this is so exciting. And then, but you know, a lot of us forget. And then we start to remember. And usually the first question that comes with a remembering is, what am I here for? So it might feel like a little bit of a crisis, but it's not. And it is when you start to remember your soul. So this is a really beautiful place and you may not have all the answers and you may not know exactly what the path is, but you're on the right path. Like this is awesome that you're here. So after we start to ask that question, I realize that there are a, pretty much like three stages into finding that purpose because it doesn't happen overnight. Like I started to ask that question, you know, in high school and college and even early adulthood, and it took me a long time to find, I, don't, I hope it doesn't take you that long, but it did. It took me a long time, but definitely every step felt closer and closer to what I was here for, but it, I, it still felt very murky. And the reason for that is because the first stage of finding our purpose has to do with deprogramming, or you can all, you might call it healing. Like you might be like working on your healing and really healing is funny. It kind of makes us sound like we're broken or something's wrong with us, but really what it is, is it's this process of kind of removing everything that is not truly who we are. So, you know, you live on earth for a few years. I mean, you live on earth for six months and you're already being like told, what you are and, you know, your parents are already programming you and, and it's nobody's fault. It's just part of being here. Um, you go to school and you're told things and it's very easy for a soul to forget themselves on earth because there's so much, uh, there's so many like rules of the game here, you know, and we're being taught those rules of the game, like really early on. So when the first, like when we start to remember basically like the answer that we're asking The answer to that question is in our soul, but we're disconnected from our soul because we've been living many years being programmed to whatever, you know, whatever our programming is, or you can also look at it as as healing, right? Things have happened. Traumas have happened. Uh, We were, you know, bullied or told this or had this horrible experience or had this parent that taught us this, and we have to go through this whole process of releasing all of that and really like relearning and getting rid of those things that are not truly of the soul. And for me, like in the readings, what I see is, which I find super fascinating. I'm such a geek about this stuff, guys, but it's really this, the soul is this really beautiful, powerful energy. Like when I read some of my, like some people that come into my office that I'm like, whoa, like this energy, this person's energy is so cool. But the body, the human body is so dense that there's not enough space for that soul to fit in there. So when you meet a person that feels very aligned, like perhaps like I, 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 from being where I was to where I am right now, I do feel that like I am aligned or, you know, always working towards that. Those people typically have more space in their body for their soul. I mean, I think the ultimate might be like anybody who is enlightened or has been enlightened, like a Jesus or a Buddha, it's really that they have kind of gone beyond the human body. They've made the human body light enough for the, the strength of that soul energy to really take up space in the body. And then you see a person acting more like their soul self rather than the personality. To me, the personality is like what we learn as a human to be. So your first step in finding your purpose is actually healing or deprogramming and really kind of digging into like, what is me and what isn't me? Um, And that might even be the question you ask. Like I remember going to therapy and being like, I am here because I'm trying to figure out what is me and what is not me. And um, that's really what it is. And you're basically making more space in your body to let your soul have more space there and like really drive the vehicle. So in a way, the body itself becomes less dense. And there's a lot of things that we do to make it less dense. Um, sometimes it's like getting rid of old emotions, um, eating like differently often, um, moving the body, like really changing our mindset, releasing old patterns and thoughts. I mean, it's, it's like, I'm sure you guys have gone through all of it, right? And just know that you're doing that because you're, trying to make more space for your soul. And I see it in my readings. Like, since I can see energy, I'm like, oh, funny. Like this person's energy only exists from the neck up. Like there's not enough space for the, for the person's soul to like really drop down. You know, when people are like, I want to be embodied. That means that like, or they don't feel grounded. is like another term that people might say. And it's really that the soul's energy like can only hang out like from the shoulder up. And it's hard for it to go all the way down to the body because sometimes the body itself is holding too much trauma blocks, um, you know, emotions like density that it needs to open up so the soul can go all the way down into the vehicle. So our body is really a vehicle for the soul, but we often don't have like enough space for it and we're all working towards that. And that's what we're doing when we're healing and deprogramming so if you're on that journey, super proud of you. And it's a forever thing, right? Like I'm constantly, you know, working to make more space for my soul. And some healing seasons are easier than others. And some are a freaking bitch, you know? So uh, if you're in that season, like I see you, but, and I feel for you, but it's, it's awesome on the other side. So keep going. So that's really like the first kind of state. And again, you do not need to be perfectly healed or deprogrammed in order to find your purpose. Not at all. But it sometimes like, you know, when we first start waking up, it's very thick and very dense. So we're like, you know, we're, we have to start those beginning stages. And then after that, we move into this like discovery stage. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably already there in that discovery stage. And to me, this, this discovery stage is really like Who am I truly? And I think this is when we start to, uh, get astrology readings, like look into our human design, like what I call like birth statistics, (laughs) you know, like all the things that, that we came with, because what's so cool is that even though this lifetime, you know, the name of the game of coming from being a soul to coming to be a human, we we are forgetting, like that's part of the process. That's part of the game. But the soul leaves a bunch of clues, you know, and some very basic clues are like your astrology, um, information, your human design, uh, any of those kind of things. Like it's really cool. Like how, like, those are like the little clues. Sometimes they also leave other clues. Like, so for me, um, you guys probably know that I was diagnosed at three years old with rheumatoid arthritis and that, always feels like a little birthmark that my soul left behind, like a little puzzle piece, because that, um, you know, that, I don't know, disease, I guess, if you want to call it really has guided me to myself. So it's so interesting that my soul is like, dude, we got to put something in this girl's journey to make sure she does not forget. And we're going to put it really young. So that she's like, you know, aware of it really young and it, she it it's good, it's a clue. It's going to lead her back to who she truly is. So you might have something like that too. You know, maybe you had a hard relationship or something that like made you have to look into yourself very early. I look at my daughter who's 18 and man, the enti- kind of the amount of in- inner work she has already done is like the inner work I was doing in my late twenties or early thirties. Like it's really cool to see, but her soul did leave a lot of, um, little breadcrumbs that were really hard, uh, at a very young age that has, that has made her have to go into it, you know, in order to just like feel like normal, you know, and, but in many ways it has helped her at a very young age, remember who she truly is. So I think that's super cool. And then I, I definitely am seeing a lot of these new souls that are coming in. Um, when I say new souls, I mean like new babies and they are very light and they're kind of doing it a different way where like, they're not necessarily giving themselves like trauma or things like that, but they are, um, they have parents, they almost like are sending, um, like telepathic, like vibrations to their parents that are more awake and the parents are picking up on it. So they are not, um, they're just doing it a different way. Like they're almost like, I always feel like some of the, like the, our, our kids are almost like using their parents with like remote controls. Like they're like, Hey, I got this rash, like look into it or Hey, I'm acting this way. And the parents, uh, millennial parents are a little bit, you know, they're more intuitive. So they are picking up on their kids. So it's, so the kids, so these kids we'll see is probably maybe we'll forget, will not forget um, have too much, you know, for forgetting. So I think that's an interesting thing to see, but this is like the stage of discovering like, who am I really? Um, like, you know, what are my likes? What, what don't I like? What do I like? What lights me up? Like this is that stage, right? That you're really looking at. That's when I was like, okay, if I don't like public relations, like what do I like? Oh my gosh, I love writing. Like let's follow writing. Like where does writing take me? Right, Writing took me all the way to self-help and spirituality. So it was like this little, um, these little clues. So it's like kind of following these breadcrumbs that are there. Right. So that's the second stage. And then I would say the third stage is when you start to really understand and kind of, first of all, go beyond realizing that you know, purpose is not just work. And you start to realize that maybe there's these like more spiritual categories. And this is definitely what I see. And this is something that I, when I'm reading people, like I like to kind of look at, and I have found that there's five categories to the purpose. There's probably more, but like, this is what I've seen so far. And I'm going to list them to you. So the first kind of, as, or maybe, I don't know if category is a word, but like aspect of the purpose. The first one I see, and it's like the most basic, is a spiritual purpose. And to me, this is every single soul, no matter what, comes to the earth to expand. Like it is like going into, you know, seventh grade to graduate and go into eighth grade. So it is looking to expand so that it can go and raise into the next uh, level, dimension, whatever you want to call it. So they, every soul has like its own little like lessons or understandings that it is going to its own curriculum. You know, it's like saying like, this is my seventh grade curriculum and I have to finish this curriculum in order to go to eighth grade. And it's very kind of personal to them. Like it is about them. And it could be like, uh, the other day I was reading somebody like just off the top of my head that I was like, oh, she has come to, um, her own like lesson for herself is like, she's finding, being able to hold love in like all these different categories all at the same time. Um, she's like a very, was a very star seed, uh, soul. And where she's from, like love is almost, is very simple, but on earth it's a little complicated. And she was like really trying to figure out love, but on the earth plane, which is really cool, you know? And that was part of what was going to help her ascend and move into the next level. So that's her, that's spiritual purpose. Then The next category is collective purpose, which to me collect, um, which this is also another one that I think a lot of people think about. This is like, what have I come to bring to the collective? Like, how can I help the world move ahead? Um, you know, like what, what can I leave behind? Like, how can I, you know, help? And that's the collective purpose. This is not everybody has a collective purpose, which is interesting. Most people that I read do because I just attract more light workers and, you know, people that are more aware. So they come with this purpose. And usually the the purpose could be as simple. I talk a little bit about this in my program, uh, my course, excuse me, soul led purpose. But uh, it could be as simple as like, I have come to raise the vibration, like the collective purpose. There's like these different categories within the collective purpose. And it's really these souls that have come to support the, you know, the evolution of the earth. And this is something that maybe a lot of you might be kind of feeling into, and that is definitely what we would call the collective purpose. Then we have current purpose, which is something I read every single reading because things like your spiritual purpose, your collective purpose, like, I mean, it's supposed to take your whole lifetime to do that, right? So that's cool, but it could be, and, and, you know, what's interesting about these different aspects of the purpose is that they don't always show up all the time, meaning like, if I'm 12, my collective purpose might not be that important and it might not be go time, right? I I might, or maybe I'm 20 and it's still not go time for the collective purpose. So I like to look at like what is currently important and what is actually like helping us move towards these kind of bigger purposes or wider purpose. And that's what the current purpose is. So I like to look at like, what are we meant to be working on right now? And sometimes it looks unrelated. So sometimes... Like for me, I, in my 20, I, uh, I didn't think I was getting married young, but because I had friends, that got married even younger than me. And I just think it depends what part of the world you're in, but in Miami, it's a city. So we don't get married super young. We're here actually where I live now. Like people are getting married at like 22, 23. And I was like, Whoa, that would be bad for me. Um, but I knew in my 20s, like that I needed to, like, I had this feeling of like, I have to lock this in and it wasn't out of, um, like an insecurity. It was this knowing that I kind of needed to almost like get that out of the way or like check that off that list. That's what it felt like to me. And it's really interesting because my like true purpose and it didn't really come online until after I met Benny, after I got married, because he just kind of gave me this space And it was almost like my mind was too preoccupied with getting married and kids that I didn't have like the space to really live into my gifts. So I knew that I needed to get that done and that might look unrelated, right? Like what if I, if I'm reading somebody and it's like, oh, you know, actually right now what's currently important is for you to date and find like your person, but you're truly meant to be, I don't know, the savior of the world (laughs) that might look like silly, right? But actually, no, sometimes like those things add up. Like I don't, I, I do very much feel like a lot of the work that I do, I could never have, I, I I'm meant to do it within a family and I wasn't meant to do it alone. So I needed those things to be in place in order to get to the place that I'm at right now. And I've had people that I read that feel that feel that too. So I shout out to those of you who are like, I need to find my person, like you're not crazy. A lot of times like that is part of the plan. That's part of the contract. And there is sometimes an order to it where some other, some people do the opposite. Like they got to live into their work and really figure that out. And then they, they bring it after. But, um, what's current. So that's just an example. Obviously current purpose can be many different things, but it's usually like, um, like something that needs to get done, if that makes sense. And the last two are not as fun, but there's the required purpose, which is usually like the best way I can explain it is like karmic relationships, like these lessons that I need to learn through the people that are around me or these things that I am um, like required to do. They're a little bit hard, but I'm like required to do them and they feel a little bit more karmic. I do think some souls don't have the required purpose if they're um, newer to earth or they're not like so caught up in uh, karmic relationships, but uh, a lot of people do. And then the last one is personal purpose, which personal purpose is like, it's kind of like, how do I want to do all of this? So a lot of people think like, well, if my purpose, let's say my collective purpose is XYZ, then like I can only have this job. But a lot, but, but the truth is that your personal purpose gives you the space to kind of decide how you're going to do it and what, Um, It's almost like the part of the contract that was left empty so that once you're on earth and once you assess the situation, you're like, okay, I need it to be this way because like this is a situation that's happening on earth. So this feels very lifestyle to me. This feels like a personal preference to me. This feels like how I, how I'm deciding to do things. And that's what the personal purpose. And it's probably the vaguest one because it's like, not super set in stone, like the other ones are a little bit more set in stone. So those are the different categories. And then you start, you know, with time, you start going deeper into these categories and feeling like, okay, I'm like really living into this. I think, you know, there's many different ways to find your purpose. Definitely you can self discovery. Again, I have a program called, soul led purpose, which is actually open this week. And I'll be teaching two free classes in addition to the course. And so if you're interested, check out the ch- show notes. I'd love to have you. you can do something like that. You definitely readings are helpful as well. Even though when I do readings, I always say like, I love purpose because I can read what is available right now, like what the person is able and willing to receive today, but next year, if I read it again, something different might show itself, which is really cool. So the readings are a really great way also to kind of start discovering the purpose again, like astrology shards, human design, all those kind of things. But it is definitely like a a journey and a discovery process to find that purpose. But I do really feel that it's worth it. And it's funny how sometimes like even when you do find it again, because it kind of evolves or you, you get to see more, like the more you go down your journey, often like you might forget it and have to be reminded, which happened to me recently. (laughs) I was getting this amazing reading. I I told you guys about Lindsay Walker It was like, it's more health reading because I had these funny little bumps on my chest and it was pretty scary, but I've been, but all is well, guys, I've been to several doctors and it's something very silly. And, um, but anyways, she did this like awesome read off of like, what's, you know, why is my body doing this and what's the energy And, um, she was trained under me. So one of the things that I teach in soul reading method is how to find a person's purpose. And she's like, embarrassed to tell me, she's like, you've probably read your purpose a million times, but I was like, no, but I mean, I still want to hear it. And she reminded me like this kind of aspect of the purpose that I had forgotten. And it was amazing. Like it redirected me and that's really what a purpose should do. Like your purpose should, when you're living it, like there should be a sense of focus, of sense of clarity, of direction, of being like, okay, it's kind of like I'm keep this in the back of my head, and as long as I'm existing in this energy, I'm on path. And that's the other thing that people get wrong. They think that purpose is something you do. Like, and, and, and I know it sounds like that, right? Like this thing that I do, this thing that I'm that I get done, but it's actually an energy we carry, if that makes sense. So like let's say your purpose is to clean the lineage of you know, like to clean your lineage, like, let's say like you're, um, a pat, you know, you're disrupting a pattern in your family lineage, you're not necessarily having to like, you don't have this like list of to do's. It's an energy you hold. It's like, okay, like I need to like really be me and pay attention to like what feels true and, um, make sure that I like, am you know, kind of Uh, expressing myself. It's like, it's just this knowing that I have, which ultimately becomes my energy. Like I'm just connected to my true energy and I exist in the world connected to that energy. And then whatever my body does, because I'm connected to my energy, though, that's the doing part, but I'm not really like thinking or knocking things off the list or deciding what I'm doing. It's really the energy that I hold that brings me down that path. So that's really why purpose is important is to kind of just energetically understand what it is so I can embody it, so I can live it. Definitely you can use the current purpose to, you know, to kind of be a little bit more practical and get some things off the list, but it's really an energy that we carry rather than something that we do. Lastly, let's talk about work and purpose, like how I just want to share a few things that I've learned about that and what that really means. So number one, it's really not, it's just not black and white, right? Like there are some people that you read their purpose and there's very few places they can go to when it comes to work. It's like, oh yeah, like, yes, you're meant to do this thing. Like this is just the way that you're set up. But most people have many different, um, ways of being able to live into that purpose. So let's say my purpose is to expand others. I can expand others in many different ways. Like I could be a male woman that interacts with a lot of different people. And every time they interact with me, I really like expand them. And that is definitely a way that I can live into my purpose. It doesn't mean that I have to have an online, you know, business where I'm doing readings. So to know that like there is choice and that's again where the personal purpose comes from. For me, I think my soul just decided I was going to do it this way because it really living this way and doing this work really holds me accountable. Like I can't help but live into my spiritual self because it's my work. It's what I do every day. So I have to like walk my talk and it really helps me stay accountable. Like if I was, I don't know, a um, maybe like a school teacher or a nurse that I wasn't having to like think about spirituality every day, it might be a little easier for me to fall off path, but I feel like this is like a good job for me because I can stay accountable to my purpose and to my work. So that's why I do it this way. But there are other, I've seen a lot of people who are living into their purpose and doing work that could be just a sales job or it doesn't have to be you know anything like very very specific another thing i've learned about work which is kind of hard to understand and i think where a lot of people get tripped up is just because you have a certain purpose and there might be a, a job that um like really aligns with that purpose doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to make money in that job if that makes sense it means that a lot of people kind of just like rest on destiny. You know, they're like, well, this is my purpose. Like people should show up. Like I'm meant to be a healer. So people should show up or I'm meant to be an artist. Like people should show up. Money is a earthly concept and really money is, and it re- is really the energy of gratitude or like giving back or it's the, you know, it's the energy of being able to receive. So you could be like really like, Living your purpose and doing the things, but if there is something off with receiving or kind of understanding the energy of money, that is not guaranteed like that's not like written in the contract because the soul's not really concerned about um, whether or not this person's going to be able to survive or live or it's just not a given because remember purpose is not like something we do it 's an energy we hold it's a knowing it's an embodiment. So even if we might intellectually understand the purpose, but we might not be living it fully or embodying it fully, and therefore there are things that are a little off and like still need to be healed within us to be able to bring in the money itself, right? So just, just because you like had a reading and somebody told you like, oh, this is like what you're meant to do does not mean that it's going to be easy, (laughs) um, and Doesn't mean that you like, uh, don't have to kind of look at the aspects of what might be a little still misunderstood within me or, uh, still programmed in with, within me because it's like the full healing is what makes that give and receive possible. If that makes sense. So I guess what I'm just trying to say is that knowing the purpose is not the answer to everything. It's not like, okay, now I know my purpose, like everything should fall into place. It's actually like knowing it and fully living into it and like fully living into it. Sometimes that in itself is a journey because there's so much like worth that comes with really living into our purpose. Like we really have to embody that full worth of that purpose, because often you might get like this really cool purpose and not feel worthy of it, you know? So that takes time or, you know, cause we're human, it takes a bit of time. So it's, it's fully living into it. And often that is sometimes a journey in itself. Well, that's what I have for you today. Woof. Very, like we covered a lot. I hope that wasn't too overwhelming. Just sit with it. Let it kind of fall in and like sit in your body. And yeah, I hope it helps you remember a little bit about who you truly are and the beauty that you bring to this world and all the fun things that are meant to be this lifetime. If you're looking for some more support, if you would like my help when it comes to the soul's purpose, I have a really great course called Soul Led Purpose. It comes with on demand videos that you can watch on your own time. It has these like really cool healings that help you remember guided meditations that also kind of help you see the different aspects of your purpose, uh, worksheets that really help that discovery process. And for this week only, if you, um, join this little cohort this week, you will get two free live classes with me. So I will be teaching live as well. So if you have questions or you want to bounce some like ideas or thoughts about your purpose off of me, I will be there live with you and it's a really great price it's two ninety seven, and there's also payment plans so I just love this I feel it's a good opportunity and finding your purpose is so helpful because you really feel focused you feel clear you have like that energy that motivation to move forward so even if you don't do it with the program that I have or this course that I have I would love for you to pursue it and don't be afraid of looking for some support to be able to do that Hope this was supportive and I will see you next time. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you have a sec, I would so appreciate it if you would leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are so helpful. And if you're ready to start living your soul-led life, pick up my latest book, Soul-Led Living, available on Amazon. Until next time, love you much.